and welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Tallman. Today, we are once again joined by County Administrator Scott Stevens. Welcome, Scott. Well, hey, Renee. It's great to be back. It's great to have you here. <laughs> so much going on right now from the budget to all sorts of things. So I am just going to let you take it away. Yeah, there seems to be an awful lot that we're we're working through, and, that, and then that's a good thing most of the time. I guess just a, a quick reminder as we go into this one is it's not hurricane season yet, but that's June time frame, right? So I'm a little early, but really just a reminder for all of us that we need to be prepared to take care of ourselves and our family and our pets um, for a period of time. And it used to say three days, and I think now we say three to seven, but uh, just figure out what that means in terms of prescriptions and food and water and, and all those things, lots of resources on what you should do. So I won't go too far in, but just a reminder as we get into the season again, that uh, we all need to be thinking, how do we look after ourselves uh, for a period of time if some natural disaster were to strike our area? So Well, sure and absolutely, it, I'm going to interject. I'm sorry, it may be a little early for hurricane, but definitely not for tornadoes as we've seen across the country absolutely. and storms. Absolutely. So anyway, so that's... Um, um, yeah, just something for us all to be re remembering of. And, you know, talking about just, I guess, the Board of Supervisors meetings and just some short summaries, at least to, to get us started on a few topics. Uh, really have three meetings since the last time we talked. Uh, the Board had a business meeting at the end of March, so their March 28th meeting. A number of proclamations that our chairman uh, issued. One April was Child Abuse Prevention Month. Uh, I think we all are aware, but it's raising awareness in that month of April. And our uh, social service and human service staff has really taken that to heart and tried to promote uh, awareness for and trying to prevent child abuse. So again, a very good one there. It was also March was Family Services Specialty Appreciation Time. So those that work within social services and a lot of our families really appreciating them for what they're doing. Oftentimes they're most of us don't recognize that's going on. We don't see the emotional turmoil and challenges that they face. Uh, and it is a difficult profession and it does do good work. And you know, it was nice to take that moment and recognize their, their contribution as well. And then we also had a proclamation for Vietnam War Veterans Day, which occurred at the end of March. I believe it was the 29th. Uh, and then there was a community uh, celebration led around that. Uh, that our veterans had, had done as well out at um, Veterans Park. And again, all those are good things to, you know, celebrate and remind people of in terms of raising awareness. Um, at their business meeting, they also had our VDOT quarterly update. Uh, Rossi Carroll generally comes and we'll talk about local projects and answer board questions. And so that happened at the March 28th meeting. They also awarded a $500,000 contract to replace the fishing pier at Chickahominy Riverfront Park. So that ought to be a much nicer fishing pier in the coming months. I didn't look at the contract time. I don't remember. But again, it will be underway. And, to, and then once it starts, it ought to work till they are complete with that. Uh, also, we issued, had a pay increase for our regular employees. April 1st, it was $1,500. Uh, it really was envisioned to be part of the FY24 budget. So I'll mention it again later. But the board did go ahead and implement that effective April 1st. And part of my logic in recommending that to them was one, helping retention of employees because we continue sometimes in different departments to struggle with retention, uh, but equally important recruitment of new employees and particularly at our entry-level salaries. Uh, we still have struggled for a long time of, of hiring people uh, that can do the general labor. Uh, we've moved it from less than 10 or $12 an hour to above 15 an hour. We're still struggling with candidates and we still have about a third of our positions in that hiring range that just we're not filling. And we're still trying to do all the work with less people. And again, my hope was that growing into this growing season again, we would have some uh, opportunity to maybe 
with that $1,500 interest some people that maybe otherwise wouldn't have been interested. Uh, we also had our FY24, uh, 2024 budget review with the board back in March. I'll speak more to the budget later, but we did talk about it at their March 28th meeting. And then we did have a dispatch update on the agenda. We really had two items on that. One was sort of the status of our existing center. Uh, we were adding a second generator to the center, making it more redundant. Uh, it was damaged by a contractor and went out of service February 28th. And the, and the building, as we've gotten into it, has more and more that needs to be repaired in terms of electrical issues. And so we're working through that. Um, there was a component that really provides some surge protection, a UPS device uh, that was months to get here. We'd already ordered one because we were planning to replace the device as part of our center upgrades but it is a July, August timeframe. So the center has been out for almost two months now. Um, and we have been dispatching out of York County, Pocos and Williamsburg Center. And so uh, that's the first half was sort of the update and where we're coming. And again, we expect to have our center back together, August timeframe. The other part was to make a recommendation to our board of supervisors to consolidate our dispatch center with the York, Pocos and Williamsburg Center. Uh, again, recognizing there's a lot of emotion tied to that, a lot of concern, a lot of questions, uh, and we spent a, a big part of the month answering those, and I'm going to circle back to that after we get through the board updates and just talk about our dispatch center and consolidation and why I believe it makes sense for us today. If we move to our April 11th Board of Supervisors, their regular meeting, uh, again, a number of public hearings. They had one on Ivy Hill Road at 278. It was a Agricultural and Forest District Edition. So somebody puts it into this uh, AFD, we call it, and it sort of restricts development on it for the life of a, a AFD. And they get renewed every so often, so it's not forever, but it does protect that from development for a period of time. It's a little harder to get it out early. Uh, you have to have Board of Supervisors approval to do that. And residents get a little bit of a tax break on the property by doing that. So good for the residents and hopefully good for our community as well in terms of protecting some of the rural lands. Uh, we had a deferral of a land use designation uh, for Eastern State during the comp plan that the board approved last fall or fall before the dates move along, but they left Eastern State's change uh, and designation un changed until a developer comes forward with a use for it. And so I believe that'll come back to the board in the next six to nine months as the process is moving along with the state trying to sell that. So really that item was just deferring the land use change to a later date. Uh, they also accepted the FY 2024 through 2029 six-year plan that we do with VDOT, sort of lays out some local road projects. And again, discussion of those projects and the board accepted that. They had a, approval of a short-term rental, uh, 2886 Lake Powell Road. Uh, that would allow folks to rent that um, for short-term stays. And then we had our public hearing on our FY 2024 budget. And again, I'll circle back, but the public hearing, we had three um, residents speak about, or I say three residents, three people speak on our FY 2024 budget. Uh, the board also approved a contract with a new audit firm. We've been with the same firm for quite a number of years. And every once in a while, while it's a challenge to change and start with somebody new, it's also good for an organization to have a different auditing firm look at our books, so to speak. And so we've done that and we've entered into a contract and we'll have a new audit firm uh, doing our annual audit at the end of FY23, which ends June 30th. And so we'll have more on that as we go through the fall. Uh, we also, they had had a special use permit uh, for Hertzler clearing and grading, I believe, that they had talked about last fall. 
it's a business that over time had built up and not gotten the proper approvals and particularly the special use permit. Uh, the board really deferred action till October 10th and requested the property owner be willing to remediate. There was some cleanup work and some things to address uh, as part of the approval. And rather than approve it and expect them to do it, the board asked that they get it cleaned up and address those issues. And then they would consider it. So they deferred or postponed action on that until October. Uh, and then they had a resolution uh, that was directing the study of solar farm projects. We had a number of projects coming through. The board has approved a few. There's been some secondary impacts they were concerned about. And so we are working to develop a policy before they consider other solar farm projects. So more to come on that as they work through the policy. So we moved to the board's April 25th meeting, um, business meeting again. We had another VDOT presentation. This happens to be on Route 199. It's been referred to as Project Pipeline, but that can be in other communities too. It's just a VDOT, uh, uh, I guess, a tagline for moving things forward sort of quickly. And ours happens to be Route 199 that looks at Brookwood, Jamestown Road, and Route 5, and the congestion around those and projecting into the future with no improvements along the roadway. The congestion gets worse and worse and worse. Uh, this is VDOT's attempt to have at least some discussion around possible, I say not easy fixes, but lower cost fixes. Uh, the, the real fix are interchanges. You would grade separate the roads and you wouldn't have that delay. Um, but that would be pretty catastrophic to the properties around in terms of businesses and maybe some residential properties. So they had this, these interim projects that had some public discussion that either restricted some turning movements or James Hall Road in particular made you turn right if you wanted to go left. So you, from 199, you would turn right on Jamestown Road, you'd come through a roundabout and you'd come back across and all of it meant to make the, the movements better on 199 and the side streets. And then they had some... Uh, interesting configurations, and I can't remember what they called it at Route 5, but you basically turn left well before the intersection. You get queued up uh, on the other side of the road. It's an intersection that's worked in some other parts of the state and, I guess, country. Uh, but again, just options for how do we make the traffic flow better on 199 and route on the side streets uh, going forward in time. And so the board with some concerns did express general consensus and that will go to city council for some conversation and have general consensus. And if both groups do, then VDOT would move forward trying to secure funding. In doing that, the process to get the monies to do it is still 10 years away. So it's still one of those things that we talk about it a lot today. We won't hear much about it for a number of years. Should it get funded, there would be specific design hearings at each intersection and a lot more opportunity for public comment and input. And so we'll see. And so again, I think a good update for our board and a general consensus to move forward. Uh, they also awarded a $678,000 contract to renovate our recreation center offices. So I don't know that the public will see a lot of that, but it is some needed work back behind the scenes, so to speak, at our recreation center that was awarded this week. And they also adopt, uh, approved an, a memorandum of understanding to participate in the Hampton Roads Regional Stormwater Management Plan. And I think we get some benefit by being part of the regional group and doing that. Uh, they had FY 2024 budget discussions. So we've had some meetings. The board, this was their opportunity to sort of weigh in and uh, ask questions about the budget or change things. That occurred. A lot of discussion around school division uh, and funding for schools. Um, but outside of that, they seem okay with what has been presented in the proposed budget. And again, I'm going to talk a little bit about that uh, budget in a minute. And then they approved a joint powers resolution, and it was related to the consolidation of our emergency communication center or the dispatch center update that started in March. Again, they've taken action here 
at the end of April to proceed with that. And uh, so we are moving forward with that process. Anything in those you need to clarify yet, Renee? No, I think you did a great job. And you even said agricultural and forestal district before you said AFD. So I had well, no work to do there either. Yeah, yeah. You caught me last time. So I was trying to get ahead of you this time. So. <laughs> did great. At any rate, uh, so I want to come back to our consolidation of our Mercy Communications Center or our dispatch center um, and really just reiterate, and we have said this all along, that we recommended this to the board because of staffing. Um, and staffing really is it. We have 24 dispatch positions within that uh, emergency communications center, and we have four admin positions, so 28 full-time positions uh, in our emergency communications center. We do have a few part-time employees, and they are relatively new in us trying to have part-time, and that has helped some. But last year this time, we had 21 of those 24 positions filled. That was as good as we've had in a very long time. So we were well-staffed in terms of trained dispatchers a year ago today. For a variety of reasons, we lost dispatchers last summer through the fall and through December and as recently as a few weeks ago. And we've dropped from 21 trained dispatchers down to 13. So we have 13 trained dispatchers today. We have a few trainees. We had five in January. Typically one in three make it. Our five in January is now three today because two of them are no longer with us. And my hope is those three would get through training and be trained dispatchers in another six months. It's a six to nine month process. There's a lot to learn and they're really in the school for it. It's one of those things that's on the job training and it just takes time to learn the systems out and be able to do the job that they do. We do have 80 applications on file. That's a good sign. But our last round of applications, which was the January timeframe, we had 37 applications. We invited everybody that applied to come in for an interview. 16 said they would, 10 showed up and we hired four. Uh, of those four, if you go forward with the numbers, one in three making it, I could expect to get one, maybe two in six to nine months. And so the 80 applications that we have out there, um, if it all worked out, I might get three or four more dispatchers from that group in another nine months. So it's just a long time. And even then, we wouldn't be as well staffed as we were a year ago this time. So it still puts us in a, a very difficult place. Our existing employees have done a yeoman's job since last fall of filling in, covering it, making sure we had really a minimum of four staffing uh, at any one time and 24 seven, that's four people. That's a lot to have. We would like to have five or six, um, but it didn't allow much time to be off. And if somebody was sick, we were filling in with our administrative staff who knew, know how to dispatch, but that's not their primary job. And again, they have done a great job continuing to provide service to the community. So it's not a, discounting or talking bad about our staff. It's just the realities of getting people back and being able to do that job. And I see articles on a very regular basis from across the country that are struggling with staffing, police, and emergency communication dispatchers in particular make the news across this country. And so for me, in the midst of one of the most difficult hiring times, at least in my professional career, um, for in almost any job, to tie on to the dispatchers and what's going on there and the, where we are today and what we think uh, the future looks like uh, was just our concern. Of the existing 13 dispatchers, we have a few that have indicated they likely would be changing jobs. So we're worried that we'd lose one or two or three more during this process and not be, like I said, any better off in a year's time. And so that's what's led to the idea that consolidation makes sense. It was studied here uh, by an outside firm in 2018. 
There seem to be a number of benefits from some efficiencies to cost savings to other things. Uh, we didn't look into doing it in 2018 and 19. We discussed it a lot. We had made the commitment to fix our center and stay here. Cost was not a driving issue back then, although it was did save some money. Cost is not the driving issue here. We've been reinvesting in our center. We've been intending to be in that business. And the staffing issue really has just put it where I think it's it just gets to a point I think we'll be unsafe trying to do it ourselves. So we did have a contractor. As I said, we were making improvements. He was put in a second generator for our dispatch center in February. And in doing that, they shorted the center and basically, I say fried the electrical system, but have really damaged the electrical system, which are computers, the wires in the walls, all those kinds of things, wires under the floor, and all that's having to be tested and a lot of it reinstalled before it can reopen. So we've been in the York, Picosa, and Williamsburg dispatch center, which combined in the last 10 or 15 years from Williamsburg and Picosa into one dispatching location. Um, we've been in that center for almost two months. And again, our dispatchers are working out there. They're often dispatching our folks. But the technology piece of it, it works. And that's what the 2018 study said. And that's what we've seen in practice over the last two months. So I believe it will be, in most cases, the combined center will be as good as it would be if we were standalone. In some cases, it will be better. Uh, for instance, 80% of the calls that come into the 911, our 911 center were coming in via cell phone. I think that's most of us. If we see something, we're calling in with our cell phone. Uh, cell phone gets tied to the closest tower. The borders we have with York and Williamsburg, you can be in James City County, the towers in Williamsburg. And I do have a few examples that I know the person called standing in James City County, and it went to the York, Picos, and Williamsburg Center because that's where the cell tower was. And we can't fix that today. I think at some point in time, the technology will get there, but it's not there today. And so oftentimes we have a delay because the caller gets to the wrong cell tower, it's in the wrong locality, and it goes to the wrong center, and so you're transferring them back. So that's one example of where the combined center would be better. And then I'm sure there's some examples of where our standalone's better. So I'm not discounting what I've heard from our staff, that they do a better job. I think there are absolutely some cases where they do a better job. I know there's some cases where the combined center will do a better job. And I do believe going forward in time, it will be as good or better in most cases than our standalone center. Uh, we do um, have talked to our employees a lot. And again, I think that part of it, have a tremendous amount of empathy empathy for them and the situation they're in of sort of being told that your, your job's moving. Um, the good news is for any of them that want a job, there will be a job. Our commitment has been to maintain their salaries uh, their retirement, the, their benefits will be very similar. Their salaries will be the same. Their lead balances will be the same. Their health insurance will be very similar. Their retirement plans the same. York County, they would become York County employees. That is our commitment, and York County has agreed to that to do basically their job in most cases being a dispatcher for York County. And so for those that want to go there um, or want those that want to have a job, they will have a job. There's a guarantee of that. And then we've also offered to them. Uh, preferential treatment for James City County jobs, other jobs that they might be qualified for. And as we go through our reduction in force policy, which is what this will follow, uh, they will have a period of time where they get priority of consideration on jobs that we have within the county. And we would certainly interview them for any job they feel qualified for. And if we believe they are qualified and can do the job, they would get hired over maybe somebody with more experience because we are trying to look after these folks that we're displacing if they want to stay. 
Uh, going to York County guarantees the same salary. Coming into a job with James City County in a different position may or may not guarantee the same salary. So it's one of those things that will be an individual decision, but we are trying to look after our employees uh, as best we can. Uh, we will enter into an agreement with York County on the operation for the center, and I expect to have a separate agreement to sort of cover what we've all committed to for our employees during this transition so that they have some guarantee that what we're telling them your county has agreed to. And so we've had regular conversations with their uh, director of their emergency communication center. I've had numerous conversations with your county's administrator, and we all are saying the same thing. And James City County is going to fund it such that our employees are looked after and made whole to the most uh, best extent possible we can provide. So change is coming. I think that's um a given, but I do think for the community and calling 911, you shouldn't notice a difference. And I certainly hope for our employees uh, going forward in time that it becomes something that's not as uncomfortable feeling in terms of being sort of having your, your where you go to work move and who you work for change without your desire. Uh, I hope it will become an okay thing for them too, and maybe give them some of their lives back because I know a number of them were putting in a tremendous amount of time away from their family, covering these shifts and doing the job and making sure the community was looked after putting them in the York center ought to give them more coverage in terms of numbers that are in the center and the ability to maybe staff it a little differently. So uh, we'll see as we go through that and have more of an update uh, at a future time. Uh, Renee, you've been a big part of the, of, at least on the side of listening and, and, uh, trying to help us communicate that or seeing what's being said and responding. Anything I'm missing that was obvious from the dispatch and communications discussion? I don't think so. I mean, I, I think the big key is that everybody understands that this is a difficult decision to make. And it's, you know, something that just sometimes has to be done. And I think that you've done a great job covering all of that. Well, very good. Again, more to come on that. And again, we'll certainly uh, continue to try to move forward and make sure that we believe it's right for James City County and as good as it could be uh, for our existing dispatchers. So uh, moving on to the FY 2024 budget, just a very short recap. Our general fund, which is our operating budget, um, is really a $231 million number. It's a 6.4% increase over our current year. So it is an increase, but relative to all the inflationary pressures that we've talked about the last year from gas to to pay, to insurance, to everything you're seeing at home in your business or your personal life, we're seeing as your local government. And so that 6.4% increase is not an unusually high number uh, compared to what's going on around us. Our overall budget has been reported as having a 42% increase, which is correct, uh, but that's really uh, centered around our capital improvement projects that have been discussed for a number of years, one being a pre-K center that's being funded. And so in our budgeting, this $30 million, well, $28 million pre-K center shows up in our budget this year as an expense. So it goes up by $28 million. We have about a $30 million general services complex that we've been talking about a number of years. It's been moving forward in this five-year uh, capital improvement projects sort of planning stage. It shows up. So between those two, you have close to $60 million increase with just two projects. And so that is the primary driver of this 42% increase is three projects or our capital improvement projects that have gone up $80 million. That really is the driver this year. And next year, when we talk about FY 2025, I'll be able to report, if we're according to plan, a significant decrease in our overall budget because where we're spending close to 80 million in capital improvement projects this year, next year we're planning to spend 20 million. And so that'll be a $60 million decrease uh, in just our planned projects. And the operating, that'll make the overall budget look better next year. So we've, we've certainly had, I think, some confusion around 
a 42% increase being ridiculous. I certainly would agree with that other than the logic of how we have to fund these projects and when they move forward in time. So if anybody has questions, I certainly encourage them to call and talk with me. Uh, again, it's 253-6603 is my direct line, and I'd be happy to speak with anyone about anything I've talked about or the budget in particular. Uh, no change in our tax rates. So the tax rates for uh, your real estate and personal property remain the same. Your real estate tax rate or uh, actual billing ought to be the same as last year. We did not have a reassessment this year. So the value of your property last year would be the value we should tax that on this year. Um, modest increase in some of our recreation center fees and programs. Just uh, I say modest. I didn't bring those numbers, but there are some increase into those costs. And we did increase our medic transport recovery fee to align with the Medicare reimbursement rate. So those are things that shouldn't be too far out. Uh, I had a number of positions asked for that I believe the department needs or departments need. Uh, almost 20 positions that were requested that we say are justified that we didn't have money to fund, so we didn't fund them. So we didn't have any new positions in our budget. And talking with the leadership team, we all felt that retention and recruitment of our existing Retention of our existing employees and the ability to recruit people into our vacant positions was more important. So that's where we have put the $1,500 into the that I spoke to earlier that we made effective April. That funding is built into our FY 2024 budget as well, along with a 5% pay increase July 1st. So that's what was recommended. Instead of new positions was pay increase for existing employees and trying to make our entry-level salaries a little more attractive to those that might be considering a role with us. Um, and I think that's all I want to summarize. We did hold a budget community meeting uh, April 6th. Uh, well, I guess you were part of that as well, right? Uh, we had our, our finance director, Sharon McCarthy, and myself and uh, Renee here, and we talked through that. Uh, we did have one in-person participant and a few questions online, but it wasn't a, a huge outpouring from the community, which generally tells me things aren't too bad in what we're proposing. Uh, we did have some questions related to school funding. And again, I think we'll continue to have that. Uh, we had 1.2 million planned because we do a two-year budget. This was year two. So the plan was out there at 1.2 million. The school division requested eight. Um, we got into a joint meeting with the school board where they actually went from requesting eight to requesting almost 10 million more dollars from us. What I have budgeted is 4 million. So half of their original request plus an additional two that might be available if the state doesn't get their budget adopted and help. And we help more. We believe this, uh, they shared information at a joint meeting that one version of the state budget could provide another $4 million to them. And so if that were to happen, they might not need the full six from us. Uh, but my intent was to provide the four so they have some certainty there, have the two if needed, and hope that the state will better fund some of our positions. Um, and I think my numbers will be close, but we're our minimum requirement from the state to the school division is around $52 million, and my number's close. Um, we're providing uh, an excess of 105 million. So we are more than double uh, what is required of James City County to fund our schools. So in fairness, when folks say, well, we don't care, our board doesn't care about schools, that just isn't true. They have been asked to do more and more for a long time and have done a lot for a long time. And I think it shows in the quality of our schools, education, the buildings, how they're maintained, and our teacher pay is trying to move that forward as well. And those are all challenges that we probably deal with every year, this year being no different. But that's been the big discussion around our budget is school funding and how much. And again, trying to make sure that our superintendent's able to retain our qualified teachers and start next fall with a pretty good staff. And um, most years that's occurred. Uh, the other thing, 
Related to budget was April 11th. We did, the board held a public hearing. Again, I think I mentioned we had three speakers on that. So that was um, good to have that input as well. And we will take it back May 9th for, for the board to consider approval of our FY 2024 budget. So anything on that, Renee? Well, just is the, is it too late for people to give comments or feedback about the budget? It's never too late. Um, you know, the board's always willing to listen and the budget can be amended. So even if you were to uh, miss the adoption, we do have a public, not a public hearing on the budget, but there's a public comment section at our May 9th meeting. It's early in the meeting. So be before any action is taken on any of the items. So anybody can still provide that comment there. And I would offer that if you miss that opportunity and you think something's not right, you can always talk with me or talk with your elected officials and we either not spend it just because it's budgeted doesn't mean it gets spent. Uh, and then just because it's budgeted doesn't mean the budget can't be amended. And so our board is asked from time to time to amend the budget as we go through the year. So, so the short answer is no, they haven't really missed an opportunity. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, last couple of things. I just thought I'd mention some projects that are out there, uh, some a little more visible than others. One, we've done a lot of work at the marina. Uh, we did a pretty big deal a year or two ago where we dredged the marina, replaced some of the dockage, um, and now we have a section of our docks are new. We did a study late summer. We had the covered floating docks or covered boat slips. Uh, we knew they were in pretty bad shape. We did a study late last summer that said not only are they in pretty bad shape, you can't fix them. They're not feasible to fix or repair and get any more life out of them. Uh, and so we gave pretty quick notice to our boat slip holders that had been there in some cases for some of them many, many, many years and with boats that were large and hard to find a new place for. Gave them really pretty short notice that said they're unsafe. We've got to get you out of them. And so we did that. And I do want to thank our boating community again. Uh, most of them uh, handled that very well. We did have some conversation back and forth, but we did get all the boats moved out from under those slips and we issued a contract to demolish them uh, and they're gone. And so from that standpoint, I think uh, visual, you can see out to Powhatan Creek. So that's an interesting view that we haven't had for a long time. And we're discussing what the plan will be going forward. We did cut some slips out of the original project that was built, so we can put those back relatively easily. Uh, we are also talking about some more uh, uncovered or covered slips where those covered slips were, and we'll see how that looks going forward. Uh, that will take a little longer because we have to dredge under that, and so we will have more discussion about more dockage out there. But we believe we need it. Uh, with Billsburg's popularity, some other things that are on the horizon there, I think we will need some transient slips. We also have a pretty high waiting list of people that would like to have a boat slip there. And so there's certainly demand for that at our marina, which is good. The other recent improvement at the marina, uh, our existing ramp, uh, we'd had a number of complaints that there were potholes in it that felt like it was unsafe in terms of supporting boats and it was in pretty bad shape. So we did re-pour that, tore out the existing and just put new concrete in. Uh, so it should be much better for this season uh, and not have those potholes that some of our uh, those using the ramp were experiencing in years past. So more to come out at the marina, I believe, but I, that'll maybe give you the short version of where we are today. And then you know, final uh, two comments. One, I'm still working through a police chief process. We've had that ongoing in the background. We've held a consultant to do all that work for us. And the consultant is turning over uh, the top candidates for myself and uh, Brad Reinheimer to work through uh, the process to sort of identify our future chief. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And again, we have not been in the process other than to get updates from this consultant. We have told them to do what they think they need to do. And the hope is to have the best three candidates coming forward and then more to talk about in the coming months. So I look forward to being able to do that in the May, June timeframe and, and have that position filled uh, going forward. 
Uh, and then I guess final fun thing I would tell you, it's a great time of year. Get outside. Spring is here and it's, you know, it was really hot a week or two ago. It's a little cooler now, but the, the heat will come back. So uh, enjoy the coolness while it's here. Enjoy the heat when it gets here. But there's a ton of great things to do in our community. And I would just encourage you to get out and experience some of that and maybe try something you hadn't tried in a while, whether it's renting a bike from us down at the marina and riding bikes, whether it's renting kayaks or canoes. We have those for rent at a very reasonable rates and a lot of other things within our park system to, uh, for you to do. Uh, we also have a Newtown Tunes concert series. Uh, it's meant to sort of bridge between um, spring and then uh, competing with what the city and, and York County tend to do later in the summer. So we were trying not to give you a conflict and make you pick or truce, but we have the month of April. And at least for four, the first four Wednesdays, we are planning a concert every Wednesday, beginning at 530 in Newtown behind Legacy Hall. And it really is a partnership between the Newtown Commercial Association and the county. We are both funding it. And then we've hired um, a vendor to sort of put it on and do the work for us. So it was really seemed to be well received last year. A lot of good comments back, a lot of good attendance. And again, the first one begins May 3rd, 530 Legacy Hall in Newtown. Uh, come out and, you know, just hang out with a good group of people and enjoy the camaraderie and, and what, you know, James City County and our community has to offer. So with that, I would always say, if you need me, call me. Uh, again, my number, 253-6603, 253-6603. And I'd be happy to answer any questions or at least try. So what else, Renee? I think that's great. I think you did a great job as always. I do think that we do need to emphasize that those concerts are during the month of May. During so the it's month four of May. Wednesdays in May. So correct, and, and they are free, and they're free. And you go to our website and get all sorts of information about them. So Very that's good. great. Well, anything else before we wrap up? You know, I think that's enough today, Renee. I said, like I said, if people have questions about something we haven't or have covered, happy to talk through that, and always uh, want to uh, able to come out and speak to groups that want to know what's going on in the community. All right. Well, once again, thank you so much, Scott. Well, that wraps up this episode of This Week in James City County. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, be sure to subscribe. That way you will never miss an episode. Go to our website. We've been doing a little bit of tweaking with the website, so it has a different look. We're at jamescitycountyva.gov slash podcast. And on there, you're going to find all of our video podcasts, all of our audio, and a form. And that form you can complete. Give us comments, feedback, show ideas. We would love to hear from you. So once again, thank you so much, and we will talk with you next time.